All right, welcome to Friday. Why would I forget it's Friday, Tchaikovsky? Uh, Lacrosse Talk PM, Dr. Anthony Tchaikovsky in here with me. I feel naked because I put my headphones on. Now. <laughs> so, oh, that's why the music's blaring. Oh, my bad. Here we go. <laughs> is this bravado? I don't know that this is the Mike Hayes no, this Broncos, Broncos bravado. I tried to correct Oh, it's really loud. <laughs> Blowing out people's speakers with this random Well, song. it's really loud in my headphones. I don't know. Is it really loud in your headphones? <laughs> Sorry. Not Broncos bravado. We tried. We could just go keep going through his music bed until we get this Broncos This is a really bravado. bad cover of Broncos bravado. Yeah, this is terrible. So much fun is what it says. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible. I'm my bad. We're tr- we're trying to get. I can really, I could really try to just search it down in this in this thing here, so we could really just get into the Friday mood with Broncos bravado. Um, as we did the, uh, as I did Mike Hayes' show a couple times this week, I got into his. Hayes has the best music. He just does. Well, he's got he's got better stuff than than I. Well, I'm just rolling with the same three songs, right? But Hayes has got like 47 segments in his three hours where yeah. he's got to come back, so he gets you know he's got to mix it up a little bit. So I'll try to find that at the next break, Broncos Bravado. But the big <laughs> news today, Jagasi, I didn't even send you this one. This is this is like a Friday. This is big. I don't know if you've seen this. I gotta pull it up on wisdomnews.com. Oh, it's it's a. Uh, have you seen this one yet? <laughs> spotted a cow at the McDonald's drive-through in Marshfield. Oh, get it spotted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the drive-through too, not not just in the parking lot, not not headed into the restaurant, but there she is. There's a video on wisdomnews.com. You can see this cow. Oh, you gotta see she's this. In <laughs> she's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so what if now we talk about this sometimes uh, not so much you but the the cars in the parking lot it's hot summer day and the dog you someone sees a dog in there and you're worried about the dog you're like oh, it's pretty hot and the dog doesn't you know so i i saw a video once of a dog sitting in a tesla and then you kind of roll to the to the where you can see the Tesla screen because they got them giant sixty yeah. inch TVs in there, and it goes, "Don't mind me." The air conditioner is on, set at sixty degrees, and there's <laughs> water on the floor or something like that. And you're like, "Okay, well, I guess I didn't want to smash the Tesla window anyway." No, but uh, I think the rule, if I remember right, the rule: if you see a hot dog in the car or a dog in a on a hot day in a car, you have to call the well, police. Well, if you see a hot dog in a car and you eat well, it, we'll it's going to take. We'll get, to the, life. <laughs> we'll get to the hot dog. That's a smooth transition. But uh, you need to call the police and then essentially call, just call 911. And then at that point, they will direct you on what to do, obviously, as opposed to just going free, like free for all. I'm just going to smash this window and save this dog. And, and but uh, I don't know, cow, hot cow in the car. I don't I don't know. What this is an only in Wisconsin same, dilemma. Right? Same rule. Only in Wisconsin. 
I mean, you see cows outside, and it's super hot. Are the cows more as susceptible to, as dogs as sitting in a hot car? My, That's what I want to know. My wife always worries about the heat on cows when we're driving by, like a farm. Yeah, when it's really hot out, yeah. right? And you're just like, or they're out in the middle of the field, and it's right. just a hundred degrees. They're like, are they miserable right now? Or are they living it up? I have no idea. I have no idea. But this cow is going through the drive-through at McDonald's, probably getting chicken. <laughs> Or a salad. I don't think we're getting a, her a Big Mac. And the most interesting part of this is buried at the end of the story. So the woman said uh, the family uh, the family of the cow's owners saw the post and contacted her. They said the cow was actually a calf. She said the owner had just purchased it and two other calves, which were in the backseat as well, but lying down out of sight. So there were three calves in the back of this car. And it's like a, like a Buick LeSabre or something like that. So, um, yeah, check it out at wisdomnews.com. And speaking of that, I, I, you know, I had, I had the fire chief on yesterday. And the fire chief comes in here. He wants, he, he, he wants to talk business, but he also wants to do a radio talk show. I don't know if he had, like, like, grandiose ideas of being a talk show host at some point, but he wants to have fun in here. So I asked him about this story I saw. Um, I think the New Yorker had it. You know, if you just Google it, there's 50 different versions of it. Um, but every time you eat a hot dog, it takes 35 minutes of your out of your life or off your life. And he wanted nothing to do. And it just makes me think that maybe Fire Chief Ken Gilliam's bought and paid for by Big Hot Dog. He's been bought and sold by the hot dog industry. That's probably what's going on here. I don't. I don't want to go into. I haven't done any research yet. We got to go public records request emails <laughs> between him and Big Hot Dog. Figure out what kind of what, what's going on. Does the fire department? He is in the back pocket of Oscar Meyer. Well, does the fire department have? <laughs> does the fire department have some kind of backdoor deal where they're getting hot dogs for? <laughs> Because they, they have to live there. They're on 24-hour shifts. They got to eat something. And are they getting a deal on hot dogs that the city maybe is is paying for and maybe just, you know, and then selling out? Because that Oscar Mayer Wiener, you'll see it parked around town sometimes. And, uh, you know, are they getting are they getting some sort of deal through the fire maybe department? Maybe we should have a protest the next time the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile shows up. I mean, we should have some kind of, if the If a hot dog is taking 35 minutes out of your life, how many how many hours have you lost in your life, Dragowski, out of a hot dog? I, I'm, I'm guessing, like, it's a, a year. Well, like, my diet in college probably took a <laughs> right. solid two years out of my life. <laughs> Thank God there was no quick trips when I was in college. Or maybe they were, but they just weren't as prevalent as they are now. Because, man, we, I would have been eating roller bites and hot dogs every every time I walked by at, in college. Because I was always hungry. I was playing, like, six hours of basketball a day and lifting weights. And all I wanted to do was eat and, and do stuff like that. So, um, all right. I got I got to do the news, so I'm gonna let myself do the news here. I recorded it, and um, we'll come back. We'll probably talk. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the what the mayor just said, or we could talk about that. We could talk about the election investigation. We could talk about Fort McCoy. There's a lot going on this week in politics. All right. Otherwise, we can we can roll back on this hot dog story. <laughs> now this is where it's at. This is the actual Broncos bravado. And this is all it's going to be. I think it, I, I don't. We'll let it play. We'll just let it play. We'll see what happens in the background. Maybe it would be interesting. We got some lyrics. See if we're more entertaining if we're talking while Broncos bravado is playing. <laughs> 
Also, like, we could have just Googled this and just figured out all the history of Broncos. Like, why didn't I do that? Broncos. What did what did uh, radio people do 50 years ago when they, you know, you know what? I want to know the origins of Broncos bravado. How would they even do that? We're so, we're so spoiled. We can just Google it. Broncos bravado. I don't, uh, nope, that's not going to help. Not even in 2021 can we figure out the origins of Broncos. Maybe Hayes wrote and produced this. I mean, he could have. He could have. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll do that during the next break. We'll try to figure out Broncos bravado. 608-785-7914. Number three. Number three might. Number three might. know Broncos bravado. Is this something you know, number three? What's that? This song. Are you listening to this song? I, I want to know. Is this the place that gives the weather? No, we don't. No, no weather. I've got the wrong. I got the wrong channel. Then. Yeah, you have to go ask your wife to Google weather and use your zip code. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's like a prank call from number three. <laughs> number three is trolling us. Yeah, it's just trolling. Um, we've got another call here. I'm I'm hoping you have the answer for Broncos bravado. No. <laughs> I, I do not. No, okay. What, what you got? You're on the air. Is this Mark? Yep. Hey, Mark. Uh, just a little uh, public service announcement. Uh, decided to get the vaccine today, and I was looking around for Johnson & Johnson. Could not find it anywhere in town until uh, we found it at the American Legion downtown. They actually have all three varieties. They're there till 7 tonight, and then they're down there again tomorrow. Isn't it funny, TV, Mark? TV, isn't it funny, Mark? You can really, sh- shop for the vaccine, kind of? You can shop for the vaccine. Well, yeah, and I was just making sure that it would qualify for the 100 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. That I got a little, uh, you know, I did as much research as I could, and now with uh, all the people that are in the hospital are unvaccinated and then the younger people getting it, and I just thought that it was time. And I definitely... Uh, in. I was encouraged by the news uh, the other day about Johnson Johnson saying that their second dose is really getting uh, high regards as far as for sending out white blood cells to smack the virus right in the face when it, if if you do get it. So mm-hmm. I'm still on the first one, obviously, but I I feel well, a lot better than uh, Mark, not having it. Mark, Mark, what did they tell you? Because Johnson and Johnson just used to be one dose. Are they telling you to come back and get a second? And wh- when do you have to do that? If no, the guy, uh, the guys down there actually were unaware of that, and uh, that was, uh, I believe, this week also where it came out on the news that they were advising for a second dose of that one. And then I think it was on Wednesday where I heard that the people that have gotten it, uh, the second, that uh, they're just showing outstanding results of where it can, like I say, send out white blood cells to really fight it. So obviously, they've been doing a lot of research on it and i i think that there's enough sign now that people are not having major repercussions by getting something that could protect the next guy is a big part of it too yeah all right mark thanks a lot and shout out to the american legion yeah shout out to the the legion um man there's so I, i i put this on this on the story and i'm trying to get you guys on hold if you're wondering why i keep hitting the buttons um so I put this story out. Just we, I talked to Dr. Joe Potaruka from Mayo the other day on Hayes in in the morning for Hayes, and uh, 
you know, he said 95% of COVID patients that are hospitalized at Mayo were unvaccinated. And I don't know the time frame there, but just like just in general, like all you got to do is hear that and be like, oh, okay. And you hear the people at Mayo and Gunderson really raising the alarms about their capacity to care for people and how, like you said, Rick, so many of the people winding up in the ICU, winding up in the hospital are unvaccinated. So like Mark said, definitely take advantage of that uh, vaccine clinic at the American Legion. It's at 6th Street in La Crosse and get your hundred bucks too. Yeah. If you go to vaccines.gov, this is pretty funny because it's just, I did this the other day. It's on that. It's on the link. If you go to the, the link on wisdomnews.com, you can look at a couple of different links there, but vaccine.gov is, is just as easy, but here you go. So in the, in a 25 mile radius of uh, our zip code here, there are 12 vaccine areas, including there's one way out in Winona. There's a couple in Sparta, West Salem. There's one out here, Genoa Healthcare. So that's like just way into the bluffs there by Shelby, it looks like. Uh, one way out in Cashton, Scenic Bluffs Community Health Centers. Uh, the south side, Walgreens. Every I think every Walgreens has a, you can go to the, it's kind of funny to think, like, she's going to go, I, I just don't, well, I guess they got a pharmacy, right? That's the whole deal. They got yeah. a pharmacy there. I'm just, I never thought about it, but they don't have one. So Wal- what, Walmart didn't make a deal with uh, with uh, the, the vaccine, but Walgreens did? I saw that the Walmart in Alaska has COVID-19 vaccines, yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess maybe the government's not advertising that on their vaccine.gov <laughs> website. I don't know. Um, all right, we got, I, got, I think you got another caller here. I was, caller, you on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Rick? Yep. This is Eric Sparta. Yep, go ahead, Eric. I have something to say to you about these, uh, these refugees coming from Afghanistan. I urge people, if they're properly vetted, please give these people peace. Let them live their lives in America. I, I support them 100% if they are fully vetted. And number two, I urge them, if they have any comments that these are devout Muslims, do not allow them to watch American television in the afternoon. When they see the smut on American TV in the afternoon, which, which What are you watching, CNBC or Fox News, Eric? No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, Eric, I think they can watch whatever TV. They're, they're adults, <laughs> or they're adults with, you know, parents when they can tell their kids what to do. But, um, yeah, I think that I, I'm kind of on that. On that if, we've, if we're vetting anybody that comes here, as long as we vet them, I mean, I'm just lucky enough to have been born here yeah. versus somebody else that's unlucky enough to have been born in a part of uh, the world that is, you know, wh- whether they're suffering poverty, war, famine, drought, uh, if they end up being able to get here and we vet them, like, have at it. Yeah. Good th- luck. There's a moral argument here, right? I mean, these are the people who helped the American forces in Afghanistan. These are the people who fought alongside us and supported the mission in Afghanistan. And so it's the right thing to do to not only welcome the afghan refugees but to be enthusiastic in welcoming the afghan refugees to the Kuli region and in fact i hope that many of the afghan refugees decide to stay here because there's strong evidence that refugee populations really enhance the economic growth of an area really make for healthy communities so this is a great opportunity for us to just put out a very very warm welcome to people who are going through incredible chaos incredible trauma and people who we really owe a debt of gratitude toward for all they've done to support the american mission in afghanistan you think they'll be into 
bravado. <laughs> Broncos bravado. This is what they hear when they get off the plane at Fort McCoy. Well, I guess it wouldn't be off the plane, but off the bus, maybe. Man, they'd be scared, I think. Oh, man, Broncos bravado. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> the people at Fort McCoy are just doing an outstanding job in dealing with a very urgent and rapidly evolving situation. So shout out to them. Okay, so we we had a couple of different crews go to, not crews, but I should say, delegations, is that what we're calling it? So Ron Johnson led a delegation of Republicans. Apparently, Governor Evers was there that same day. And I kind of ranted about the the fact that Jill Billing, Steve Doyle, Ron Kind weren't part of, well, either one of those groups. When, When Governor Evers goes, he should be... I don't, I don't know. I don't know who was part of his group, but it wasn't any of our legislatures. And when the Republicans go from around here and, and outward, but they, all the Republicans from you know, nearby here were there, uh, why, why wouldn't Joe Billings and Steve Doyle be able to go? Steve Doyle, I think, has been around long enough. I think Brad was telling me he's been around long enough to have gone through some of these refugees coming to Fort McCoy. He would have experience in the matter maybe you know maybe the other republicans some of the other republicans would too but um it just doesn't make sense and then and then what ron i think ron kind's people said that they were gonna have their own group go at some point um but what is what is the you know at this point i mean do we do we need our politicians to go and and kind of give us the news can the military give us the news about what's going on or do we are we more comfortable having the people we elected tell us what's going on over there I think that we're so used to trusting the messengers from our preferred political party. You know, if we're Republicans, trusting Republican politicians to be messengers. If we're Democrats, trusting Democratic politicians to be messengers. And it is odd, Rick, to your point, like that you're having a Republican delegation go to Fort McCoy and then a Democratic delegation go to Fort McCoy. On the same day, too. It's super weird when, if you look at public opinion surveys, This is one of the few issues that Americans can agree on across political party divides. I mean, strong majorities of Democrats and Republicans alike are open and eager to have Afghan refugees come to the United States and are very positive about that. So it's super weird to have these sort of separate party delegations going. Of course, for information, I think we can trust the outstanding people at Fort McCoy, but certainly people tend to trust the messengers from their preferred political party. Right. I I guess maybe Steve Doyle or, you know, some Democrats along with Republicans when they do the press conference and and Ron Johnson gets up there and starts blasting all the things Joe Biden, you know, this and that. Uh, then what do, do the Democrats and they go, Whoop, we're going to we're going to like back away because they don't want to do that. And and then um, he also Ron Johnson also talked about how, you know, what the military leaders there at Fort McCoy didn't even know what was going on. So he kind of threw them under the bus a little bit. Um, I wonder if you straight up talk to the military leaders, would they tell the media, you know, oh, yeah, the Biden administration didn't tell us anything. So it's kind of like, OK, well, can I have that? I want to hear that guy tell me what's going yeah, on. Yeah, the reason that these politicians are doing these events is because they can sort of shoehorn their political agenda into what's going on. They can shoehorn a defense of the Biden administration or a criticism of the Biden administration into the situation at Fort McCoy when at the end of the day that doesn't really matter so much for the immediate situation at Fort McCoy. What matters at Fort McCoy is allowing the outstanding people who work there to do their job. 
All right, that's UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. <laughs> Anthony Tregoski. This has to be my theme song, yeah, by the way. This is like your your peace out. Rick's got to <laughs> do the new Scott's Comet theme song. We'll be back. It's kind of like a. I always say a lot of Hayes's music is is end of the 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 credits rolling in movie theaters. <laughs> this would be like not the first song when the credits are rolling, but maybe the second the second round of <laughs> credits for the movies. This isn't isn't the worst song. This is the worst. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Mike Hayes has a just a it's a real easy. You just slide it in, and it just takes one of like 50 songs and just a little clip, and they're kind of generic songs. That you can play in the mo- that he uses in the morning because he's been doing this 35 years. He's got a pretty good system. Where I'm just rolling with Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. But if we could steal his music once in a while, yeah, I figured it out now because I did the show with in the morning for him a couple of times. I'm like, oh, these are real nice. I used- I should just steal these. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Okay, so I I've been talking about this all week. The, the idea I even talked about it with the the fire chief yesterday. And the idea of public comments and whether or not you should, as a, a, what, I mean, local government, as a state government, as a federal government, a lot of of times when I see, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think, the mine, I had the Boundary Waters people on, we're going to put a mine just upstream from the Boundary Waters public, maybe at some point there might be a public, your face right now, there might be a public comment section at some point, and there might be, 50,000 people that say, no, we don't want to mine upstream from the boundary waters. Might be 100,000, might be a million, might be 10 million. At what point do you go, you know what? 10 million people signed this and said no. 65,000 people said, yes, we need the mine. Uh, but but the you could just ignore all that. I mean, the government seems to ignore that a lot of times. Um, locally, the fish hatchery in Riverside Park is... There, they might put a beer garden there, uh, a wedding venue there. Right. P- the neighbors, you know, it's not like they're right next door, but they're pretty close. They don't want it because it's going to disturb their peace and quiet, even though they live next to Riverside Park. So I don't understand the, the balancing act there. And the city has said there's rules in place where they can't just, you know, have a rock concert at the beer gardens. But anyway, so the, you know, what, 30 people or 100 people at that apartment say, no, we don't want a thing going across. Um, so, I mean, what is the, you know, what's your take on, on public comments? This is an enormous problem, and it's an enormous dilemma for local governments. Because oftentimes, you will have minimal participation in local politics. And the people who participate in local politics will be the people who feel the most passionately about an issue. So you could have a project that will obviously benefit the community as a whole. You could have a project that obviously should go forward on the merits. But you have 10, 20, 30, 40 people who are intensely opposed to it. They show up at public comments. They write letters to the editor. They organize on Facebook. And they're able to kill projects that are good. We saw this, too, with um, a, a trail system into Hickson Forest um, just on just on the base of the bluff, just up the road here. And they were putting in, you know, a, an entrance to the trail system, which would be in, in a vacant lot, which is in the middle of a neighborhood. Well, of course, all those neighbors are like, we don't want that here because people will there'll be more traffic and more people will park and go hiking in the woods. OK, makes sense. Those 
15 houses right next to there, or even if you wanted to just go to adjacent blocks because it would be a little bit more traffic. Uh, of course they don't want a thing there, but there's the quote-unquote greater good, right? Everybody else that wants to use that trail system is is going to benefit. This is something that I think local governments really have to pay attention to and that we as citizens really need to pay attention to because you're right, Rick, there is a greater good. And there is a greater good in this Riverside Park proposal, like a greater good in more business in that area and a new attraction in that area. So at what point or in what way do you balance the greater good with the concerns of the 10, 20, 30 people who feel intensely about the issue and are most affected by the issue? Of course, the people who live by the Riverside Park proposed uh, site for the beer garden or wedding venue, of course, they're not going to like it. But should we care is the question that I'm asking to be blunt about it. Or at least how should we balance their concerns against the greater good, so to speak. And Rick, we've seen this all the time when it comes to apartment buildings, when it comes to affordable housing complexes in La Crosse. People in local Even, neighborhoods are able to kill these projects by getting organized and by showing up at public comments, even though maybe on the whole, it's beneficial to have these projects. I, I'm not going to get the name right. I think uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, there was some sort of rehab recovery place that was, they had to rezone it. Yep. I was going to go and I can't remember the name. I'm sorry, but uh, that was a, very much opposed to all the neighbors around there, but it ended up, I believe it ended up happening anyway, but it's just another one of the things. I think there was another veterans. Uh, it, I think it was another one that was going to help uh, like a mental health facility for veterans. We don't want that there because there's going to be addicts. And so if we have a mental health facility for veterans that is proposed and the 20 people who live nearest by it, don't like it. What should the impact of that be is the question that I'm asking and the question that I just urge people to consider. Like, should we care? Should we allow them to have a veto, essentially? Like, oh, well, they, they don't like it, so I guess we can't do the project. Right, and it makes sense, right? Because it's like, well, there's, there is a space for it here, but also, like, Pick pick any other business area in yep. town and put it there, right? So there's, I mean, they have a case to to an extent. Um, when it's an entrance to a trail to Hickson Forest, it makes a little bit less sense because uh, it's right there. It's the, the forest is right there. We can there are other entrances, but here we're going to build a new trail system. Um, when it's a, a a fish hatchery building, like a permanent structure that's been around, it's on a park. It's on parkland. It's on city land. That I have a harder time saying no, they can't because, well, the Oktoberfest happens there, Moon Tunes happens there yep. every once a week. People are in the park there. The big ships come in and people get on and off. Those ships are running the not ships, but the the touring boats are running up and down daily. I believe the yeah. the paddle wheeler. Uh, so so at what point you know the, the, it's harder to make a case for the people in those situations. Um, all right, we're gonna go to the phones here. Caller, who? Whoa, 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 caller, who's this? This is Jim. Hey, Jim, go ahead. You're on the air. All right, I'd like, I got two points I'd like to make quickly. If you guys will hear me out. Um, for another view on this COVID situation, I would encourage everybody to go to lc.org and hit the vaccine tab and find out what's another view or what you guys are talking about. Okay. Second point is 
regarding these refugees in the Afghanistan, Afghanistan situation. Um, I'm all for helping people out that are, that are truly in the Taliban. I am very concerned about this administration and the lack of planning, uh, leaving billions of dollars of our equipment to be in the hands of the, of the enemy right now. And our southern border policy, allowing hundreds of thousands of people to come in here that we don't know who they are. If that can be all right, Jim, you cut out. I guess I get I got the just your take. Don't let anyone in, and um, we we gave the the whoever's left in Afghanistan all our military equipment, so like billions of dollars of military equipment, and so. take the horse medicine instead of getting uh, a vaccine. Is that what that LG dot whatever? <laughs> um, I mean, sure, or just get the vaccine. There's, I mean, there's a case to be made. I mean, somebody in the comments of I think the story I had on wisdomnews.com. You know, said that we we don't promote public health or, or not public health, uh, individual health as uh, around the COVID nineteen situation. Like, hey, if you you if you're in better shape, if you eat better, probably right. Yeah, we should probably promote that as opposed to getting what is it horse dewormer. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Gary Podesky's calling in. Gary, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, hold on. I got to tell Alexa stop. <laughs> hey guys! Wait, is that your wife or just uh, the well, robot? The reason I called was when you were talking about the vet house. I want to talk about that a second because that was in my district. Yeah. Do you guys know that 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 the feds have still never signed their agreement, and the veteran has not been in that house since that crap went over four years ago? That whole big fight. I I do not. Can you can you just tell us what the the house is? Because I didn't. I I vaguely remember, but I didn't know the name. Well, of it. it's, it's a very it's a very large house that was very kindly donated by the family there to the veterans after they had talked with Mr. Weber, I think. And one of the other ideas why they, it was would thought to be a good area was because there's a veterans administration on State Road. And then the vet and the Veterans Administration said how handy it would be because the veterans could walk. Yeah. Well, since then that veterans home, that Veterans Administration office has closed across from the old Kmart. Mm. Uh, the the vets the 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 federal government has still not signed the agreements with the city to do some of the necessary repairs they wanted to do. So it caused such a stink not only for the neighbors and I fought against it, not for the, not that I'm against vets, my whole family is vets, but that was the fifth group home within that area, and it was three over the two over the limit already. So you're right, there are cases where there is a greater good. Uh, I voted for the trail system. Uh, usually, I would you know try and look at the greater good, but in this case, because it was the VA after all the problems they've had. I didn't really trust the VA, and neither did the neighbors. And everything we talked about is proven, is proven true. So is that is, fact, is that home just that sitting empty? In in that house. Gary, is that home just sitting empty then, or what? What's going on uh, in there? It's sitting empty. Oh, okay. Gary, can you can you talk about the county board meeting? Uh, was it a, a week ago? And we're we're voting on what to do with the twenty three million dollars in uh, COVID relief from the American Rescue Plan Act. And, you know, this is a part of that public comment. So two, two county board members voted to, to, to not have public comment, to just let the county board decide. Um, can, you, can you explain maybe their thinking a little bit, or do you not want to speak for them? I, I, I don't know who it was. I voted for, I'm always in favor of public comment. 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with public comment. Where I get frustrated is, like the lacrosse center, we had three or four listening sessions and nobody showed up, and then they all showed up at the end. The same with that fire station going on on the north side and a few things. And I, I can't speak for whoever voted no, but I'm guessing that they've probably experienced in the past where there's been ex chances for public comment, nobody shows up, and then when it comes to a final vote, you know, they're there screaming while well, you haven't listened to the neighborhood or the public. Yeah, that might be the um, case. That might be the case with the uh, fire department on the north side too, right? It seemed like uh, we we had public public input sessions on whether or not to tear that down, and then when we were going to do it, then we're like, "Whoa, we can't tear it down. It's a historical building." Well, they had plenty of time for public comment, and you know, as far as that wedding, uh, the beer garden—it's it, not like there's going to be a party there every night. It would be a good gathering place. You know, for smaller weddings, it would be a good spot for different organizations, maybe to go down in the afternoon, like family reunions, different things. It's just, uh, and plus, then it wouldn't be on the city's back. You would have some money coming in for that. And then when they talked about, you know, these weddings are such a terrible thing, I talked with a member of the park department. We were talking about uh, some other things, and I, and, he, and I just asked him as far as the wedding thing, how that was going. And I think he told me there's been like 12 or 13 weddings already this year down in the International Gardens. Okay. And I don't even think the neighbors were aware of that. You know, obviously there wasn't partying going on, you know, with some beer and stuff, I don't think. But as far as weddings, it, 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 it just seems, it, it's not like it's going to be a frat house down there. I mean, it's, um, God, you have, you know, right. I, I, I would um, think that you'd want to see some movement down there. I, I, to me, it adds security to the park when you have people down there for for good events, fun events. All right, Gary. And uh, it keeps people out of the park that are looking to do other things. Gary, last thing. Uh, with, when you uh, run for re-election for your county board, will you take money from Big Hot Dog or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not be taking money from Big Hot Dog. Okay. Right now, I do plan on running for county board, though. Yes, I do. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. All right. Gary Podesky, he's on the county board. He used to be on the city council. Now he's just doing one or the other. It's probably, it seems like a lot of a lot of work to do, be doing both, so I kind of understand uh, him doing one or the other. Um, but, yeah, he makes a good point on with the wedding venue. I don't. Did he miss my question on the fire department? Did I zone out on that one? Uh, I zoned out, too. You so. just zoned out. Oh, Gary, you talk too much. Just talk too much. I had Fire Chief Ken Gilliam on yesterday, and, and the you know he he kind of played it down because he doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to cause much of a stir. But the uh, you know the historical uh, preservation commission, I get the name wrong probably there, uh, came in and said, hey, we're going to designate that fire department a historical building. But they came in last minute, and it was like, well, you could have came in, you know, while we were paying architects and whatnot to redesign the whole thing with the building being demolished so it's it, that's and that's another part of this conversation with public comment and we don't have a ton of time but uh the public might comment but then a historical preservation commission comes in and says hey and they're they're like an entity right as a as opposed to a hundred people or a thousand people so does it take some kind of like maybe the people need to just go lobby some entity to go step in and, and make the change I, I guess rick and i just add that i think gary's perspective on this riverside fish fish hatchery building is totally reasonable i mean i am 
always skeptical of these not in my backyard people because you know everyone seems to be able to find a reason why a certain project shouldn't be in their neighborhood shouldn't be in their area but what gary's saying is absolutely correct that this could have real benefit to riverside park plus there is you know you you also have to (laughs) say to yourself like are the concerns of these neighbors reasonable yeah, this, and th- this one's pretty, to me, it's pretty easy. They, th- it's already a park. Yeah. Like Gary said there's already wedding venues happening there. We got the big boats coming in and out of there all the time. The biggest bleep show in all of lacrosse happens there every year <laughs> called Oktoberfest. So not that it's literally a bleep show, but man, there's a lot of people there. Anyway, one more break. Uh, bluesgrass-ish? It's almost yeah. 70s music. Uh Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just take a minute here, but Northside Kent wants to get on. I always got to have the mayor of the Northside. We didn't even talk about the mayor of the city, uh, his video he put on, if you go to Lacrosse Mayor on Facebook. But Kent, go ahead. Any other Northside column from my office would be abandoned Burger King on George Street. But anyway, I was thinking, if they put a wedding venue across from your, your house and doctor's house, you guys would love it because you'd probably look out every Saturday and tell your girlfriend and your wife, hey, honey, there's a wedding going on over there. Let's get our Sunday clothes on, and you guys would go hit the buffet for free, won't you? <laughs> yeah, wedding crashers, Kent. Wedding, wedding crashers, crashers, lacrosse. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dress up though. I just go in my Iowa shorts and my Under Armour. Rick, shirt. I can't I even picture you getting dressed up. I know. I had to go to a wedding uh, a couple weeks weeks ago, and I was just like, oh, I had to go buy clothes. Is what I had to do because <laughs> I just, oh, I have to dress up. Okay, I got to go buy some clothes then. I guess. Um, yeah, I just want to mention quick, the, Mayor Mitch Reynolds did put a video out. Um, what, oh, City of Lacrosse Mayor. That's what you put on. You just look that up on Facebook. I don't even, you don't even need to be part of Facebook to watch it. But uh, essentially, next week is committee week in the City of Lacrosse. And, and that's what the mayor is trying to promote. Hey, if you want to get involved in city government, if you want to do these public comments, if you want to have a say in what your government is doing, First of all, you have to download 75 PDFs on the city's website to figure out what they're doing. And and then um, all these committees, right? Yeah. Have you tried? Have you tried? I mean, you're not Alaska, so. It's, uh, yeah. No. Need a new website. Need, need a new website or or, or just, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, the, if the city had a way, the county did this with their county board meeting last week. They just put out a little meme, essentially, with bullet points. This is some of the topics we're going to hit on. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. I can just say, I can, you know, Radio Blowhard can come on and just read the, <laughs> the bullet points. The city needs, uh, you know, but it would be like state-run media. All right, Chagoski, thanks a lot for joining me again, man. Thank you.